are back. First episode of Wizards After Dark in, was it, nine days now. We're back and rolling. The Wizards, unfortunately for them, are not back and rolling. They lost in Charlotte tonight, 123 to 110. I'm Fred Katz. I'm the host of Wizards After Dark, and I cover the Wizards for The Athletic. And I'm here with my counterpart at The Athletic, Rod Boone, who covers the Hornets. My guy. What's up, man? Second time guest. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me once again. Yeah, of course. Uh, what, what? Let's... Um, you know, they lost, but I still think the takeaway from this game, if the first takeaway is just Bradley Beal was insane. Exactly. He was ridiculous. So Beal finished with season-high 46 points, six boards, seven assists, 16 for 25 from the field, four for 10 from three. He made all 10 of his free throws. The Hornets were throwing. They were kind of hedging on pick and rolls early, and Beal was snaking, meaning like he was, he was, he was splitting those double teams every single time and he was getting to the rim he threw down his best dunk like I, I ever remember seeing him throw down he was finishing there he was kicking the guys for threes he was working so well late like midway through the fourth quarter they started trapping him hard he was still like he he got fouled and then he was getting in the getting rid of the ball quickly like he was just doing whatever he wanted against the Hornets defense uh, he was I mean he did not look like he uh, was, you know, still in vacation mode. Not at all, man. He was amazing tonight. The thing I like about his game is he didn't force anything. His points all came within the rhythm of the offense, getting to the basket, taking his three-pointers, setting his teammates up. Even though I said even the, white, the dunk he had there toward the end of the, it was at the end of the third quarter. Basically, he's one of those guys who you can tell with the ball in his hands, with no John Wall around to kind of like distribute the ball and, 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 and be the point guard, with the ball in his hands, Beal is unbelievable. I like his game, and I like what they're doing with him with the ball in his hands, and you can tell that he's going to be a player for them if they decide to not, not get rid of him, obviously. Yeah, so my, uh, you know the term blitz stories. So what, what we do at The Athletic, and uh, if you listen to this podcast, you've probably heard me refer to this before, we will send out, you know, all 30 beat writers covering our respective NBA teams, we'll send out stories and plan times, and they'll all have a theme, and we'll all do it within the same week, and leading into All-Star, we had our All-Star Blitz, you know, a, a major blowout story on something or somebody with our team related to All-Star, and I did a story on the evolution of Bradley Beal's kind of skill work, but mainly his footwork. And his footwork in the pick and roll, his footwork off the ball, his footwork on a step back and all that. And, like, we saw it tonight. Like, in those pick and rolls I was talking about, like, he was just – Nick Nurse said to me in a quote I had in that story that he's the best stopping – he thinks he's the best stopping go guy in the NBA. I mean, I like his – like I said, the thing about him is he's smooth. He, he's stopping and going. He's going left to right. He's going you know, up and down. He's doing things with the ball and with his feet, his footwork to make it hard to guard him. I mean, the thing about this league, as you know, is that when teams catch up to you, it gets you on film, you got to find ways to kind of better yourself. And Bradley Beal has done that, man. I mean, the guy tonight, is at 46 points, seven assists. He hit all 10 free throws. He took 10 threes, hit four of them, played 42 minutes. I mean, he was the guy tonight. From my perspective, the Hornets didn't do a great, great job with him initially. But as you said, even when they started doing a better job defensively with him, they still couldn't stop the guy. So Bradley Beal, from my perspective tonight, he was just on fire, man. If the Hornets see him again in a couple of weeks, they got to find a better way to stop the guy because he's essentially the whole team out there right now, it feels like. Yeah, and that's the problem. So it, there was just nothing else. And a after the game, Beal, like, 
I'm sure we're recording right after we got out of the locker room, so you probably didn't see Beal's post-game comments. He just took it all on his shoulders. This is my fault. I'm not leading enough. I'm not doing enough on the floor. And and you know what? That's that's within Bradley Beal's character. That's why everybody in the locker room likes and respects him. Like that's that's an in-character move, and I'm not surprised he said that. Um, he he would never admit this. He's lying. Like, he's either lying or he's not analyzing the games properly. I think Bradley Beal is doing enough. Uh, he he just didn't have enough help tonight. They they had some. They, there was a stretch in the second quarter where they had three super sloppy turnovers. The defense was was bad. I thought Parker had a had a super poor night, especially on the defensive end. Portis had some defensive struggles. He was reaching a lot and he was getting burnt on it. I said I said Portis, right? Did yes, I say Portis yes. or Parker? Yeah, I, I struggled. Portis, Parker. They were traded for Porter. It's like it's all the same. But that's the same thing. name. Bobby Portis. The Hornets played the Bulls a month or so ago before he got traded. He killed them in the first half. Almost had 28 points in the first half alone. Second half, he didn't do much because coach didn't put him in the game off the bench. But Porter's tonight, I thought he would have more of a better game against the Hornets. He didn't do a whole lot. He had 12 points, okay. But, right, Jabari Parker, here's a, you know, lottery pick who you figure would maybe get together, you know, different team for a different team, to come out here and score just four points, take eight shots in 25 minutes. That's not good enough, man, for a guy of his caliber. So, you're right. Bradley Bill. He did a good job as a, as a as a captain of the team, you know, on his shoulders and say, you know what, I didn't do enough tonight, but we know he did. It's guys like Jabari Parker, Bobby Portis, um, even Trevor Reza. Jeff Green had a good game, but you need guys to play well every night in this league to be able to compete. And the Wizards are still right there for a playoff spot, but a game like this shows they're not really ready to compete, it looks like. Yeah, and one thing that Ariza is doing, he did it a lot tonight, and he's been doing it with the Wizards. So the Wizards traded for Ariza, thinking he was the perfect guy to put with John Wall. And Wall's and Ariza's history completely backed that up. Ariza had his two best shooting seasons ever. When he was playing next to John Wall, you look at his numbers, specifically corner three-point numbers, and that when John Wall was on the floor, they were ridiculous. He was like a... In his career, when he's on the floor at the same time as, as John Wall, and by the end of his time with the Wizards, in his first tenure with the Wizards, Randy Whitman was wet, matching up their minutes, so they were on the floor together all the time. When John Wall's on the floor, he's like a 48% corner three shooter for his career. He's just ridiculous with Wall, because Wall's great at opening up. Healthy Wall is great at opening up corner threes, and Ariza's always been really good at shooting corner threes. He's like 40% for his career on corner threes. The problem is he's always been like an average to below average three-point shooter above the break. Now he's taking a lot of these above-the-break threes. He's not necessarily opening up because, while I think Brad is a good distributor, he's not the corner three opener that John is when John's really, you know, going at his best. And Ariza is now taking a lot of these above-the-break threes. He's taking on a, a larger chunk of the offense with John Wall out. And I think he's taking a lot of unnecessarily contested threes. A lot, tonight, there were just a lot of threes where I'm like, didn't need to do that. And and Parker had a few where it's like Parker took a mid-range pull-up, like 16-footer that was contested to contest it with time on the shot clock. And some of these shots, like, you guys can wait it out. That Parker contested 16-footer with, like, 12 left on the shot clock, that's going to be there in eight seconds. Like, you guys can can wait this out and, and run something smoother and at least turn that into a contested three. Uh, that's kind of where... Uh, I think they end up having these lost possessions. And the bigger issue tonight was defense, which we'll get to. But 
offensively, like that's how you all of a sudden, when just instead of scoring 110, you get to 118. And if you, you know, those 10, 12 possessions that are thrown away, you just improve them marginally. That's how you end up getting up there a little bit. No, you're right. Look at the bench tonight. Three point shooting. You know, they took what 10 threes amongst the whole bench. They made one. So one of 10 from your bench won't cut it from three point range, man. Even if you don't have great shooters, you gotta be able to find some ways to close gaps when you're behind on the road. Three pointers obviously help you do that. They get the kind of momentum going in your favor. The team kind of gets a little bit of a rise up on the bench and guys kind of feel like, hey, this may happen. But to shoot one for 10 from the bench is not gonna cut it for you guys. So I feel like that's one of the issues they had tonight, not being able to score the ball from three from guys other than Bradley Bill and, and, you know, and, and, and Trevor Reese's couple threes he hit. You know who played really well tonight? Didn't have a major line at 11 and 9, but Cody Zeller was good. He was. Cody is is Cody Zeller the best uh 63-year-old man? <laughs> it seems that way, man. The thing about Cody, the Hornets have like this crazy record of not being really good when Cody does not play, which is hard to believe because Cody is a really nice player, but you think he's probably not a difference maker, but on this team he is. He just knows where to be. Him and Kemba have good synergy on pick and roll. He knows how to rebound. He knows how to just hit his crafty shots. He had a couple of nice dunks tonight. So you're right. Cody Zeller really had a good game for them. And when he was out for about three weeks or so, almost a month, they didn't play very well. And now he's back. You can see like they, he just helps the team overall with his glue mentality inside. And you're right. He has that old school look about him with the, with the receding hairline and the thin hair on top. But Cody is a good player for these guys and if they're gonna make the playoffs this year they have to have Cody play at his best to be able to do that I think he's super underrated he's he's a really good defender and he's he's been a really good he's he's not quite as good like two years ago he had an awesome defensive season and like he's so Royce Young who Mm -hmm. covers the Thunder we used to cover the Thunder together Royce covers the Thunder for ESPN Royce voted for him uh, second team all defense two years ago and he's the only person who voted for Cody Zeller second team all defense. And I tonight I did not mention it on Twitter. I think it's the first time since that happened that I have covered a Hornets game and not mentioned that Royce voted for Cody Zeller second team all defense on social media in some capacity because it's like one of my favorite votes ever because it's so inside basketball and he's a really really good defender. Uh, he's he's a really smart pick and roll defender. He rocked Thomas Bryan a couple times tonight. Twice in a row, man. IU on IU crowd. <laughs> yeah, like he had back to back blocks on the guy, which is unheard of. And he didn't get them a tumble finger wag, but you felt like, hey, if he's able to contend and, and defend the rim that way, the Hornets obviously are a really good team because that was their problem tonight. At first, as you saw, the first quarter, which just kept going right to the cup get easy layups right at the basket, and the Hornets had to kind of tighten it up a little bit. Once they did that, they were playing better. But Cody, you're right. He's just a guy you don't really think is all that good, to be honest with you. You say, okay, he's all right. You know, he's not very great. But he plays solid basketball. He doesn't make many mistakes. He's just an effective, big, seven-foot guy who just does his job. And on teams like this, who have superstar Kemba Walker and other role players, you have to have guys kind of just find a little niche. And Cody knows what to do, where to be. So you're right. He's a big player for this team. Tonight he was plus 25. The very rare example 
of expensive contract, but still underrated. Exactly. Normally, if you're the expensive contract, you're not going to be underrated, or you're at least going to be. Un- if you're underrated, it's because you're overly criticized because of the contract, and he's not really criticized. And he's got the expensive deal. Was it 13 mil a year? And uh, and he's. He, I like him. I like his game. I think he's helpful, even in the modern game. Like he's a center, but like he's he's quality. Uh, is it a problem for the Wizards? I mean, it's a problem that they lost because, in the grand scheme of things, this is this is a big deal. They're now five back of the Hornets in the loss column. Uh, as of the time we started recording this, the Pistons were still playing the Hawks. They were leading by like eight the last time I checked. The Pistons are the eight seed coming into tonight. Actually, at the time we're recording this, the Wizards are technically closer in the loss column. Not technically, they are. The Wizards are closer in the loss column to the Hawks than they are to eighth in the East. That's some perspective for you on where, where they stand right now. And Bradley Bill protested they wanted to make the playoffs, but they're closer to the Hawks. I, I is it is it a problem that in a game like this that the Wizards really had to have against somebody Kemba shoots nine for twenty five and they still can't win? Yes, because if you remember the game in D.C. you know a few weeks back, basically the, the Wizards killed the Hornets in the second half. They came out there and just mauled the guys. It was a back to back for the Hornets, but still, Wizards came out there and just mauled them. So same team for the most part. Obviously, a couple of different players with the trade Porter's and Parker, but you figure. Off of that victory early this year from the Wizards, they come in here a little more confident, feeling that they can come out here and win this game. To lose this game tonight means the Wizards are down 2-1 to one tiebreaker right now for the Hornets. They play one more time another week or so, so they could still match up and be 2-2. Two and two. But this is a tough loss, man. You're right. Five back now with about 24 or five games left to play. It's not going to be tough for them to, to do. It's still possible, but this loss definitely doesn't help them out because you want to be able to come out second half Start off on a good note, be the team you're chasing, give them a little bit of something to think about, and they didn't do that tonight. So are they a playoff team, the Wizards? We'll see. But nice game doesn't seem like they are one at the moment. Yeah, no, I mean, it doesn't. The season doesn't seem like they are one. Uh, The most important games for the Wizards moving forward, I think, and even coming into tonight, the most important games for the Hornets and the Nets. And the reason why... I'm lower on the Nets than the average person. I think they have, like, a negative two net rating. They're 500, mm-hmm. but they're only, like, one up on on Miami in the loss column. They They've got too, a really tough schedule. And so the reason I say the Hornets and the Nets is because those two teams have top five most difficult in the league remaining strength of schedules. They, just based on strength of schedule, are the most likely – to fall out and the Wizards have like the sixth or seventh easiest schedule in the NBA moving forward they sh- if they are going to make a run they are in as good of a spot as they could want to be to make a run not in terms of the standings but in terms of the remaining schedule and you got to beat the Hornets because if they're going to fall you want the tiebreaker and you want to have the wins you know you win tonight and it's like okay you're only three back in the loss column that's a big swing they got Brooklyn on Wednesday they win that one it's like okay you know they can cut into that too those are the important ones because those are the teams that i think i mean maybe i'm wrong maybe brooklyn just you know gets karis LeVert back and goes on a run and or you know kemba gets hot and, and and the hornets pick up but if if this is what they are and if this is who brooklyn is and they're going up against you know 540 winning percentage remaining schedule like that is something that like 
the Wizards have to take advantage of if they want to make the playoffs. And uh, the fact that they just didn't look like a team that's as good as the Hornets tonight is a problem. They're 7-24 and on the road now. Well, here's the thing. If you're a Wizards fan, a player, executive in the front office, whatever, you should be a Hornets fan right now. After this game tonight, you're a Hornets fan. You know why? Including tonight's game, 7 of the 12 games the Hornets play start the second half of this, this season at the All-Star break are against teams they're fighting for playoff positioning with. That's the Brooklyn Nets, the Wizards, and the Miami Heat. But those guys, seven times total. So the Nets again tomorrow coming in here to, to, to Charlotte to play the, the, the Hornets. Then they play again in Brooklyn next Friday. That's two games right there that the Wizards should be rooting for the Nets because, I mean, the, the Hornets. Because, again, if you beat the Nets, they start falling back to the pack. As for the Pistons, Hornets had a tiebreaker with those guys. They beat them three times already this year. So, again, you want to be able to knock them out as well. So, I think right now, if you're a Wizards fan, although this game tonight stinks, they lost. At this point, you should root for the Hornets to win these games because they're probably your best shot at helping you get into the postseason with their games against the Brooklyn Nets and Miami Heat on the horizon coming up here. And the Hornets obviously have a tough, you're right, tough schedule, man. They play the Warriors here at home on Monday, and they play James Harden and the Rockets here on Wednesday. So it's going to be tough for these guys, man. They don't have an easy schedule at all. So the second half will be very interesting to see how it all shakes out. For sure. Uh, anything else? I just, anything else? Well, tonight from the the Hornets' perspective, a guy you know very well, Jay Lamb from the OKC days a little bit, he came off the bench for the first time this season. And they put Miles Bridges into the start lineup to kind of help them out a little bit, balance their two units. And obviously helped them out tonight. We'll see how it continues to go forward. But interesting move. You don't really see coaches change stuff like that at this point in the year when they're trying to just fight for a playoff spot. So, but you got to give Jeremy Lamb credit. You know, he hasn't done anything to get out of this year. If anything, he's actually done stuff to actually stay in there. But for him to come in here, not moan about it, and have a good game, 16 points, six rebounds. Uh, he think he had like four steals, like two on back-to-back possessions. He had a great game, man. So that shows you what team ball is all about. That should show the Wizards what they have to do to be able to be a better team because if you can't have your guys and your team all come together, take their roles, and embrace it, you're not going to win this league at all. I like Miles Bridges. He's going to be good. He's going to be very good. He had a great dunk tonight. Great dunk, man. In-game. He's a great in-game dunker. I mean, he didn't have a great dunk contest last week, but in terms of in-game dunkers in the league, he's probably easily top three. Yeah, he's killer. He's awesome. I, I – I think he's going to be a good player. I agree with you. Unbelievable athlete. I agree with you. Amazing. And he's active, and I like his game. Best thing about him, two things. Michigan State guy, Tom Izzo, as you know, coaches kids, and he makes them ready for the NBA. And he's also a guy from Flint, Michigan. The Flintstone kids, those guys men are men when they come into the league. So he has that going for him. He's a really good player. Diamond and rough for the Hornets, I think, with that guy. Uh, plug your plug your work before we uh, sign off. Yes, sir. You can follow me on Twitter at Rod R O D B O O N E. You can uh, find my work on theathletic.com/carolina. Um, I'll click the Hornets tab on the NBA link that we have on our website. But um, once again, man, just just great. Uh, I love being a part of this this whole team we have. You know, Fred obviously is, does really good work for the Wizards. So I'm um, just glad to be aboard, man. Yeah, and if you subscribe to The Athletic for the Wizards, you subscribe to The Athletic for everything. So you can check out 
everybody's work that's on there basketball every nba beat writer we got every nba national writer we got you can check out baseball you can check out football you can read the news of whatever you want Anything. and the team that we have is awesome subscribe to wizards after dark too and it won't cost you a dime you can subscribe on itunes you can give us five stars you can leave a review that's always awesome i will be back once again tomorrow night second night of a back-to-back they got indiana at home i'm leaving charlotte for dc tomorrow morning first time i'm going to be in dc in two weeks i know you can't wait to get back home man yeah, well, i went to <laughs> i went to miami for a couple of days after all-star because i need to take i need to take time off after mm-hmm. all-star like every year i take a couple days a couple days off and uh, i went down to miami for a little quick vacation and uh, i missed two practices i came back this morning and every single question that I asked Scott Brooks at Shoot Around was, well, you know, we've uh, if you've been here the last two days, <laughs> then we could have discussed this, but we're not. He would interrupt questions to just say, you know, I, I didn't take vacation in the middle of the season. Meanwhile, Scott just spent like six days in Los Angeles. Hey, man, we yeah. work hard, brother. I'm with you, man. Yeah. It's a long all-star break. I'm going to get a break here pretty soon to myself. So we need to take man. some time off, take man. take time off, man. You charge the batteries, man. That's what it works. Damn straight. Uh, but I'll be back tomorrow night. More podcasting, more talking about the Wizards. Knowing them, they're probably going to beat Indiana tomorrow. So that's how they work. Exactly. I know that all for a fact, man. <laughs> Horns are the same way, brother. You can't. You can't. One game, you know what they're going to be next night. You have no idea what yeah. they're going to be, man. Crazy. I think Indiana was out my, without uh, Miles Turner tonight, too. So we'll see if he plays. And obviously, they're extremely different if they own Miles Turner. I'll be back tomorrow night. I will talk to you guys then.